and enjoying life here on earth until one day he comes back again. There are things that we're supposed to do as children of God. There are things that we're supposed to do. How many of you are parents in this place? There's some things your kids are supposed to do, right? You go off, you go on to work, you say, hey, when I come back, your room better be clean. The trash better be taken out and the dish is done. And you come back home and none of them are done. What do you do in that situation? You say, all right, it's fine. We'll try again tomorrow. I didn't do that. <laughs> I disciplined for their disobedience. And you know what? I think we overlook the fact that God disciplines us for our disobedience. We just want to coast. We want to relax. We want to say, I'm a child of God. There's nothing else I need to do. I've been born again. And so we just relax. But there's so much more that God desires for each one of us to do. And there, in this passage of 2 Timothy chapter 2, there are challenges to the believer. Paul writes this out to Timothy, and he's challenging him. He's challenging every believer, every one of us that reads this today. It is a challenge to you and I. And so we're going to break down some of these challenges, but we're going to read beginning in chapter 2, verse 14. And it says, Remind them of the things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God. Not to wrangle about words which are useless and leads to the ruin of the, the hearers. But be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenius and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection had already taken place, and thus they upset the faith of some. But nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness. Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who are called, those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. Father God, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you honor the reading of your word. Lord, I ask that your spirit would speak boldly the truth of who you are and what your word has for us today. And God, that each one in here that professes to be a child of God has a spirit of God indwelling inside of them. So I pray, Lord, that the spirit of God would enlighten the truth of this word. God would make it plain, make it evident, and challenge the heart of the believer to step up and be who you've called them to be. God, we love you. We thank you. And we praise you for who you are and what you're going to do in this moment. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The first challenge I want you to see is a challenge to study. In verse 15, he says, Man, Study to show thyself approved. To study means to seek truth diligently and be zealous in examination. It means we are seeking not just to know but for the knowledge that we discover that it can be applied to our lives, therefore resulting in wisdom. I think we have just gotten to this place where 
Uh, we wake up in the morning and we get our uh, Bible verse of the day on our app. Many of us, I know a lot of students do that. Man, you got the Bible app on here and it tells you the verse of the day. And you read the verse of the day and say, I met with the Lord. And you take off. And I think we do that even as adults, man. We, we get this little quick shot in the arm of the truth of God's word. And we think that's enough to last us throughout the day. It's like grabbing a, a, a breakfast bar on the way out to work and thinking that that's all you need for the whole day. I mean, you find yourself hungry after a while. You find yourself wanting after a while. You find yourself looking for something else that you can find that you can eat on. And we do that with the Word of God. We wake up sometimes and we think, man, I'll just get this quick verse right quick. Just get a little pep talk from God and I'll be good for the rest of the day. No, this is something you have to feast on. <laughs> this is a table that has been spread by the Lord God Almighty. This is the Holy Spirit laying this out with us. Say, I want to commune with you. I want to talk with you. I want to sit with you. I want to dwell with you. And He wants to meet with us and fill us up. Man, he wants to pour out and pour in his word to us, his desire for us, his will for our lives. He wants to pour that in. But too, sadly, too many of us, we got our own plans. We got our own will. We got our own desires. But we want to satisfy the flesh just by getting a little nibble of the truth to say we met with God. And that won't last long at all. That will not last long at all. To study the word is not just to read the word. To study the word, as we said, man, that is to examine it. Say, God, I need something from you today. God, I need you to show me a truth that I can apply to my life. God, something that I can live out, something I'm going to run into somebody today that needs to hear a word from you. God, what is that word? Prepare my heart for when I meet them. And God will give you a word. And, man, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but you're out in the, out in the, the town, you're out in the city, you're walking around, and, man, you start talking with somebody, and then all of a sudden you hear their heart and their need something, and God gave you something this morning. And you're able to break that bread. You're able to share it with them what the Lord had told you, and it encourages them. Have you ever seen that in your life? Have you ever experienced that? Man, when you just, well, man, I read this this morning, you know. God gave me this this morning. It sounds like you need it too. And that's, that's what breaking the bread is, man. That's what communi communion is. That's what fellowship is. When you're pouring in what God is pouring into you, you're pouring it out for others. I mean, that's what studying the word of God is, man. When you're passionately seeking him, not just to know, but to apply it. And that, that's what wisdom is, man. That wisdom is knowing the will of God and doing it. Knowing the word of God and applying it. He says you will either be approved or you will stand ashamed. To be approved, one has been tested and found acceptable. I tell you this, when you study the word of God, God's going to test you. <laughs> Sometimes, praise the Lord, it's open book. You know? <laughs> Sometimes in the, in the midst of studying, in the midst of reading, man, he's testing your heart. Man, do you know these things? And you're looking like, oh, yes, there it is. I know, I know. Sometimes it's open book. But sometimes, man, you're out in the midst of the world and heartache comes, troubles come. When heavy winds blow, your power's blown out, you're sitting in the dark, you're sitting in the heat, and you're being tested. And you're being tested. How quick does the flesh come out in moments like that? We just saw hands lifted up of, man, we were in the dark, we praise the Lord for air conditioning. <laughs> we got to stay out at Camp Bethany this past weekend when all this happened, and so... It was very hot. I mean, there's no fans. You're in a room. It's just, it's just hot. I mean, we're in, we're in Louisiana. You know, it's hot. And it's muggy. And so, man, we, we're trying to sleep. We're throwing everything we got off of us, just trying to get some rest and relaxation. But I'm wondering, in those moments, 
Do we sit there and say, Lord, you're so good to me? <laughs> huh? Do we sit there, Lord, you are all that I need? Or do we say, Lord, you know what I need. You know I need some power. You know I need some AC. <laughs> you know I need some gas. Man, that gas was backed up at the gas stations for, I mean, 45 minutes to an hour sitting there waiting to get gas. You know, I mean, it was crazy. But I, it just reminds me of how quick do we turn to the flesh? How quick do we start saying things that the Lord doesn't want us to say? How quick do we start thinking things that the Lord doesn't want us to think? How quick do we turn to ourselves and our situations and get our eyes off of Christ? And when we study the word of God and we're seeking his face, you know what he does? He sends us tests to say, all right, how much of this is in you? How much of this are you grasping? How much of this have you studied and you've applied to your life? We're about to see it. And then he brings situations to test you and to show where he is. And so we can either stand approved or we can stand ashamed. That means below standard, unacceptable, not handling the word of God honestly and carefully, not taking it and applying it to our lives, just saying, man, this is, I look good, I'm spiritually done, and then walking away from it and forgetting who we are when we look in the mirror of the word of God. God is challenging us. He wants us to be approved, not ashamed of who we are, not ashamed of who we are in him, in our study of the word of God. And so he then continues on in verse 16. He tells us to avoid ungodly speech and conversations which which will only continue to lead to more ungodliness. Maybe we get caught up and all of a sudden it just becomes a snowball in your conversation. I used to work construction quite a bit. And I tell you what, man, the language there and the the attitude and the jokes were not good at all. (laughs) And, and man, you're just walking by all of a sudden. You're in a conversation with folks, and then it just, and it gets crazier and spins into chaos. And you're like, what in the world is going on? Like, what just happened here? Like, we went from talking about hanging pipe in the rack, and then all of a sudden we're, we're somewhere we shouldn't be. And it's just that quick, man. It'll snowball. And it's just if you let yourself get into that situation, you'll find yourself further than you wanted to be. In that conversation. That's the same thing with sin. Man, if you find yourself and you, you just, man, it's just this. You know, I'll just dabble with this a little bit. Man, I'll tell you what. The enemy just says, oh, but what about this? And it gets better. It gets better in your mind, in the flesh. The flesh is being fed and the flesh is being gratified. And you find yourself further than you ever wanted to go in sin. And you're looking back. Say, how did I get here from there? And it is quick. It is quick. And so we don't want to do that, man. We want to guard our hearts. We want to guard our minds. We want to guard our speech. Verse 17 says that these words will eat away like gangrene. It'll eat away like gangrene. It's false doctrine and lies which spread like the infection, killing other tissues till it destroys the body. Have you ever seen a church, man, that was doing well and then all of a sudden somebody gets this wrong attitude, this this evil spirit about them and they start spreading rumors and they start telling lies about somebody else and all of a sudden this person's, uh, uh, the way they view this other person is tainted and now and then so they're seeing them through the same eyes that this person said they are and it just spreads like gangrene and the body of the of God the church of Christ is being just contaminated and broken down all because of rumors all because of lies all because of bad attitudes and wrong speech you got to guard yourself as a church remember I said this is a challenge to the believer 
This is a challenge to those who say, I'm a child of God. This is what he desires of each one of us, man, to guard our hearts, to study the word of God, to let the word of God be on our tongues, to let the word of God be on our lips, that that is what we're speaking, that is what we're saying. We're edifying one another, building one another up, and not tearing each other down. He gives two examples of people who were doing that at this time, man, just tearing down the name of Christ, saying, look, the resurrection had already taken place. They're gone already. You know, we're, we're living in, in, uh, on the, this side of this and God's man Paul had to straighten them up and, and bring them back to the doctrine and tell challenge them and look hold truth to the things we've taught you hold truth to the word of God and stick to the stuff we got to stick to the stuff of what God desires for us then next we move on it says a challenge to sin less in verse 19 verse 19 let everyone I love it when it says right there verse 19 nevertheless the firm foundation of God stands sure having this seal that the Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness. Let everyone who says, I am a child of God, I'm a Christian, depart from sin. Turn away from sin. Um, this side of heaven, there's no way we're going to be sinless. Uh, you can try, you can strive, and that is the goal. That is what God calls us to do, depart from sin, go and sin no more. That is the standard that he holds that only he can set and hold but that's the standard that he gives to each one of us. And that shows us, man, that we've fallen short of his glory. But our challenge is not to be sinless, but to sin less. The more you walk saying no to sin, no to temptation, the stronger you get as a believer. Because why? You're not feeding the flesh. You're feeding the spirit of God inside of you. You're walking in the spirit. You're trusting him in his word. You're taking him at his word and you're standing on it. And man, when the power of God is in you, when the word of God is on you to be able to say no to sin, no to temptation, to when the devil says, hey, won't you do this? You can say, man, look, the word of God says this, just like Jesus did. Remember when Jesus was tempted out in the wilderness? What did he use as his defense? He used the word of God. And so how do we expect to stand against temptation, our own flesh, much less meeting the devil head on? It is only by knowing the word of God. And that's it, man. We got to stand on the word of God. We won't sin. We won't be sinless, but we can sin less. The more we walk in the truth of God's word, the more we do. As Psalm 119.11 says, I will hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against God. How much word are you hiding in your heart? Because that's, there's a, a bucket load of sin. There's a bucket load of temptation that keeps coming our way. And we have to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We have to be able to stand against the temptation of our own flesh and trust God and stand on the word of God. That is what he wants from us. Ephesians 1, 4 says, let us, let us know that those who are the children of God prove it by living godly lives. It's one thing to say I'm a child of God, but it's another thing to show it. I've challenged my kids their whole life growing up, and I've always said it wherever we go. Man, live a life. Live a life that when you say something, it means something. I mean, let your word be true. Let his word be true in your life. Listen, you can say I'm a Christian, but they see you out doing the things of the world. You're doing the same thing they're doing, but you're like, but I'm a child of God. They don't see any different. How are you a child of God? And I'm not. If we're out doing the same thing, if we're clubbing at the same time, we're saying the same things, we're watching the same thing, we're doing the same thing. How are you? What's the difference here? Listen, if you say you're a child of God, live like a child of God. That way, when you tell them the truth, man, look, Jesus Christ loves you. He wants to redeem you from your sin. He wants to save you from this, that they don't come back with. What are you talking about? <laughs> you were just here with me last night. 
And all of a sudden, now you're talking Jesus? What is that about? We find ourselves backed up in a corner way too often as people who say I'm, I'm a Christian with their mouth, but not with their lives. And this is what he's talking about right here in this passage. Man, depart from sin. Get away from sin. That way when you speak the truth of who God is, when you speak the word of God, they know it's true because they see it as evidence in your life. That's what he wants from each one of us, to walk away from sin, depart from sin. Psalm 37, 27 says, depart from evil and do good. It's one of them scriptures that you teach your child growing up. I don't know if you ever learned the scriptures with the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or going through the whole alphabet, teaching them a verse by each alphabet. D, this was D, depart from evil and do good. That was one that they learned. Depart from evil and do good. And we say it, we know it, but how do we show it? How are we living that out? Because that's where it's important is in our everyday life. Verse 20 says, vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Think about this church, the house of God, the great house in this verse that it's talking about. In the great house, there are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. I think about the church. I think about this church. There are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor in this place. Filled with folks who are either honoring God or those who are just simply offering lip service. I mean, how many come in here and they're reading words on the screen, but it's nothing in their heart. It's, man, I'm just just saying words because that's what I'm supposed to do right now. If I'm not, then the person next to me will be like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, and so we're going to say the words that are on the screen rather, but it's, it's it's no affection. It's, it's no experiencing who God is and, and pouring out our heart in adoration for what he's done. It's just, it's lip service because we're, we're still caught up on what we did this week. We're still caught up on what we want to do this afternoon. We're thinking, man, is LSU going to be Florida? You know? And God's wanting to meet with us. God's wanting to show up and move, move in this place. He wants to touch your heart, touch your life, change your life for all eternity. And our minds are elsewhere. Our hearts are elsewhere. And God's sitting there. Wondering, where's the vessel that is, that is honorable? Where's the vessel that I can use? You got to understand, if you're a child of God, if you name the name of Christ as who you are, then verse 21 should stand out and should hit you. Hit you pretty solid. Verse 21 says this. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor. Sanctified. Useful to the master, prepared for every good work. The challenge for us in this verse is to be sanctified. To realize that we've been set apart for his glory, for his honor. We've been set apart with a purpose to do what he's called us to do. Not just to be happy here on this life, but to be holy for his honor and his glory. To be a mouthpiece for the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone who's lost and doesn't know Jesus Christ. That's what we should be about. That's what we should be doing. We should be realizing that, man, God has set us apart for his glory. I want to be set apart. I want to be sanctified. I want to be ready for the master's use. I want him to be able to pick me up, pour in some cold water, and drink it down, and it be satisfying to him. Is that what your life is to Christ this morning? Are you a vessel that he, a clean vessel that he can pick up pour clean water into and just drink and and sustain his thirst this morning. That's what he wants from us. He wants us to be a vessel of honor, not a vessel of dishonor. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, Therefore, come out from among them, 
Be different. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean things, and I will receive you. Wow. That blows my mind. He says, I will receive you if you stay away from the, the junk. To, to be set apart from all the, the temptation, all the sin in this world. Man, come to me. Stay with me. Walk in the spirit. Walk in righteousness. Be who I've called you out to be. That I can commune with you. That I can use you for my glory. That I can use you for my honor. Realize that I've set you apart for this. I set you apart to stand out that the world might see you and me and you and want to know me because of what you're walking in. Because of how you're being used for his glory and his honor. The challenge is to be sanctified, set apart, ready for his use. John 17, 17. This blows my mind that Jesus prayed for us. <laughs> Jesus prayed for us. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That goes right back again to studying. How are we sanctified? How are we set apart? By studying the word of God. By getting as much of the, the word of God in us that we can stand as we should do. And that leads us to the last challenge. Is a challenge to stand. A challenge to stand. He says, flee also youthful lust, but follow. Means chase after righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Think about these things. Chase after with your whole heart. The Bible says if you're going to love me, you're going to love me with your whole heart. Everything that is within you, you're going to chase after me with that. Stand firm and flee youthful lust. Flee the things that want to bring temptation to your life. Turn away from them. Don't glance at them. Don't, don't just gaze on them. Turn away from them. Run from them. I think of Joseph, man, <laughs> with Potiphar's wife. When she's like, hey, come here. And he's like, left his coat and everything, took off. That's how believers ought to be, man. When temptation comes up, when sin comes up, gone. I'm out of there. I don't want to be caught there. I, want, I don't want the, the appearance of, of, of evil to be found on me. And that's where we ought to be. That's where we ought to strive to stand in what God desires for us. But pursue righteousness. That means a right standing with God. That means being able to stand before him and saying, God, I want to have clean hands and a pure heart. Psalms tells us, man, who can ascend the hill of the Father? But he that has clean hands and a pure heart and doesn't lift his soul up to idols. That is what Psalms tells us. And so where are we at, man? Do we have clean hands and a pure heart that we can stand before God in righteousness? Have we crucified our flesh and said, God, daily, I want to be crucified. Daily, I want to crucify this flesh and I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. Just a closer walk with you, Lord, is what I want. There's one thing to say, I love the old hymns, man. I love just a closer walk. It's, but it's in these walls. You get out there and all of a sudden your walk is way apart from God. <laughs> I'm like, well, what's the point in that? What's the point in saying, man, I want just a closer walk with God while I'm in here? And then once I'm out there, hey, I'll, I'll walk back to church one day. I'll walk back to church next week. No, man, you got to walk with Christ each and every day. You got to walk with Christ every moment of your life. If you're going to make an impact, if you're going to do anything of eternal value, it's going to be what you've done in the name of Jesus Christ and for his son. And we got to remember that. But I love this. He says, not only chase after righteousness and faith and love and peace, he says to do it. With them that are called on the Lord out of a pure heart. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I'm telling you that with them, that's a very important phrase. Because we think we can stand, but we cannot stand alone. You can't do it. 
So many think, I'm just going to isolate. I don't need the church, man. I can meet with God on a fishing boat and, and all, all my life. I can live in a cabin and, and I'm fine. No. The truth is you have to have that fellowship. Because there's going to be a time when you hit the bottom and you need somebody to pick you up. And that's what the church is. How important is this, man? He says, look, this is a challenge. I want to challenge you to stand. But I love that he says, but not alone. I want you to stand with those who are called. I want you to stand with other believers. I want you to stand with the church of Jesus Christ. I want you to stand with the body of Christ because they hold each other up. How strong is it, man, when you have a number marching out with the same purpose and the same fact and the same intention of what they're going to do in their life? Man, that is a powerful thing. When you are marching out in victory with Jesus Christ and you got other folks walking with you, that is a powerful thing. But man, when you're out there by yourself and the enemy comes, man, and you see an army, you can be like them. Like, I'm, I'm the only one. I'm all by myself. And you'll find yourself hurting. You'll find yourself stumbling. You'll find yourself struggling. And that's where the church comes in. Man, stand, but don't stand alone. Trust somebody. Walk with somebody. Last night we had a night of worship in Searcy, Arkansas. And one of the things the Lord was laid on my heart was James 5.16. Man, to confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. I mean, you think about that, man. You got to be able to come into the house of God. You got to be able to find another brother or sister in Christ and be able to share with them your faults, your sins. Confess your sins with one another. Why? That you might be healed. God wants to heal your body. God wants to heal your mind. God wants to spiritually grow you up. And you have to be able to have brothers and sisters in Christ that you trust, that you can lean on, that you can walk with in this relationship, in this fellowship of believers. And I pray that that's what this church is. I, I pray that this church is folks, brothers and sisters in Christ that we can lean on, that we can trust that when we fall, they'll pick us up, won't kick us while we're down. I've been seeing too many churches like that. Oh, that one fell. Kick him out. <laughs> that one stumbled. Pfft, go on down the road. What? Where's the body of Christ in that? Where's the grace and the love and the mercy of God? Where's the righteousness, the love and the peace and the faith in that? You got to have a pure heart and you got to love one another, man. You got to realize that when we mess up, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ is pleading our case. And so if Jesus says, why shouldn't more brothers and sisters who walk through that same stuff rally around one another and pick each other up and walk on in the name of Jesus Christ, showing the grace and the mercy that is needed. I tell you, when a church starts acting that way and living that way that God desires, the world around sees that. And the world says, whoa, there's something different about that church. Yeah, they're walking in the spirit. There's something different about that church. Yeah, they're actually loving one another as Christ loved the church. They're actually being who Christ called them to be. They're actually being set apart. They're actually standing together. They're actually striving to sin less in the world around them that is just caving in all around them and going to hell. They're trying to hold to the truth of God's word. And they are studying the word of God and they are applying it. And I see it lived out in their life. Man, when your church begins to do that and meet these challenges, it changes their community. Because they're finally seeing what the church is supposed to be. We go from city to city and we hear stories and we hear rumors and we hear all about this church over here, this church over here. Man, I'd love to start traveling and hearing people say, man, this church over here, they got it right. Man, this church over here, they're doing it right. 
And so we're trying to do it right over here at our church. But instead, it's competitions between churches. It's cutting down other churches. It's saying this about that church, this about that church. Instead of being the church of God and striving to do what he's called us to do and to focus on doing what I need to do personally, independently, as an individual, this is what the Lord desires of me. So before you can say, yeah, this is what our church needs to do, I hope you this morning says, this is what I need to do. It's just like revival. We were here for revival. I loved it, man. Brother Marty, pre- yeah, Brother Marty preached, and we had a good time. It's just like revival. If, you, if the church is going to have revival, it has to start right here with me. And if the church is going to start living up to this challenge and this standard that God has set for the believers, it's got to start with you. You've got to say, Lord, I want to study your word. I'm tired of snacking. <laughs> I'm tired of snacking. I'm left hungry. I'm left wanting. And I don't want to find my satisfaction somewhere in the world. I want to find my satisfaction in you and in your word. And when you study the word of God, man, you find yourself sinning less. The more you go on, the more you live, the more you're spotting the enemy's tactics from further off. You say, I see what he's doing over there. I see what he's trying to work over there. And you know, I'm not even going to go over there. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to walk with the Lord. Man, it's amazing what happens when you study the word and you find yourself sinning less, man. And all of a sudden you realize what's happening. You're being set apart from the world. You're coming out from among them. All of a sudden you're being set apart. And all of a sudden, you know what that means? You're in a spot where God can use you. You're now an honorable vessel that God can use. And that's what he wants to do. But he says, hey, I don't want just one coffee cup sitting there. I want a whole cabinet that I can just grab and use and fellowship and have a good time. More people show up, I got a cup that's ready. More people that come into my house saying, Lord, I need you, I got another cup that I can give to them and say, hey, drink out of this. This is, this is my child. They are clean. They are ready to be used for my glory and my honor. And that just blows my mind. That's what God wants from us. That's what the house of God, the great house of God should look like. You're just a bunch of clean coffee cups, <laughs> ready to have fellowship with the Lord. Man, that blows my mind. I hope it blows yours this morning. Father God, I just come to you. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you how you just continue to challenge God, how you just continue to mold us and shape us to the, through the truth of your word. Lord, I ask that you would speak clearly to our hearts through your spirit. And God, that we would respond in obedience to what you have for us. Lord, I pray in this moment that if there are some that realize that they have not been studying your word, God, that today they would purpose. Today they'd say, Lord, I'm sorry. God, I want to meet with you. I want to study your word. I want to be who you've called me to be. And God, I pray for the believer who may have found themselves just wrapped up in sin, wrapped up in temptation and, and wondering, can I come back? Yes, Lord. Let them know by the power of your spirit, God, that through repentance, God, we can turn back to you and have that fellowship restored. And I pray for the believer in this place, God, I pray for the believer in this place who's not been the church member that they need to be. God, I pray for the one who may have found themselves spreading rumors. I pray for the one who may have found themselves with a bad attitude, speaking ill of others. God, I pray that they would repent this morning. Say, God, forgive me. Who am I to think that I am better than someone else when it was your grace 
your love, your mercy that ran to me in the midst of my mess. Let me be Jesus. Let me run to them in the midst of their mess instead of talking about it. God, may we be vessels for honor, for your glory. I know this message was for the believer. This message was for the child of God who, who needed to hear the word of the Lord this morning. And I know that the word will always go out and accomplish what it sets out to do. And there may be someone here this morning that has never given their heart and life to Christ. They've been trying to live up to this standard that they, they just can't do. Well, God this morning in his grace and his mercy says, I want to set you apart. I'm calling you by name to come to me and to surrender your heart and your life to me. Brother Marvin's going to come. He's going to stand here at the front. He's going to be ready for the invitation. If you need to surrender your life to Christ, if you need to get saved this morning, now is the appointed time, man. Let your heart just surrender to God. Let him have his way this morning. If you're a believer, hey, this altar is open. This altar is open. You can come. You can pray. The chairs up here are open on the front if you want to come and, and kneel down at the chairs and just pray and get along with God and say, God, I need you this morning. God, show me who I need to be, and I want to be that for you. Lord, have your will. Have your way. We trust you. In Jesus' name.